That's what it stands for, Schmools. That's what your is that your name? That's what it stands for. Chop that out, put it at the beginning. Drinking liquor, taking drugs. Podcast brought to you by Emoji Inspired Tech Sex Toys by Emoji Bader. Do you guys like jerking off with vegetables? <laughs> Get your buzz on with the eggplant emoji bader vibrator and other sexy fruits. Like the apparently they're popular. Everyone really likes them. Wait, are you talking to us? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking oh, to you guys word. right now during the let's yeah. like you know, We need batter. samples. Sam- free samples. <laughs> <laughs> feel feel free. They also sell pasties. In, in shapes like unicorn, sloth, weed leaf, and my favorite, pepperoni pizza. Mm. Spice up your life at emojibater.com and use the code SchmoolsGold for 15% off your purchase. Yeah, you got a code. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, dude. I'm, I have like, I help people sell their things. We got a new sponsor this week. They're called Our Way Apparel. All you up and coming artists who need merch and can't afford to drop $1,000 on t shirts that you may or may not ever sell. Hit up rwayapparel.com. Their affiliate program allows you to upload your artwork, and they'll take 15% of the cost, and you can make whatever you want and sell it for whatever price you want. Uh, and then Aspire Hire also is a sponsor, and they're great, and their Halloween party is featuring Cone Sound and Haywire, and it's at One Art, and it's in October. Check that out. One Art, the best venue in One Art, the, That's a banger. The Ooh. best venue in the city, One Art. Absolutely. All right, guys. Welcome to the podcast. We finally got you on. Hello there. You have to talk. It's a podcast. Hey. I thought you were doing your ad stuff. Real ad. No, we're hours. done. We're done. We're done with the ads. Can I like crack beers and stuff? Yeah, to- do anything you want. All right. So we're happy to be here, and we're happy you're doing this podcast. You know, you uh, you're a good friend, and uh, we're already happy with some of the guests you got. So we're happy to be here. We're honored to be. You here. guys were on the first list. You guys were on the fir- the original list for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's because we're your friends, I think. Well, the question I really love starting out with, and like I think it's good for both of you guys, is what's your what's your death row like your last meal? What's your what, if you had to eat one meal mm. and, then, and that was it? Whoa, forever. Two jars of olives. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'll just like shit when I die. Because it just kills you. Real. You die from two jars of olives. No, like well, <laughs> if you've gone on death row, you know what I mean. Like I the mean, jar not, of olives. I'm not gonna like electrocute you, but like uh, you know, like it's like the you know. You're, you, you, I don't know. I just thought that would be really spiteful, you know, make like a huge, you know, mess real, post. A real mess. Connor, what do you got? I don't know. I feel like I got to go like, I don't know, it's pretty uh, cliche, but I got to go like top shelf steak. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Sirloin or something. Yeah. What's, what temper you at for your steaks? Yeah. Medium. Medium. Well done with ketchup. Well done with ketchup, just like our fine... 
I always go weird. chef recommendation. You know what I'm saying? You gotta let the chef choose. The chef would recommend that you go home and cook yourself a steak. Yeah, how about it? <laughs> <laughs> so my last meal is a steak that I'm disappointed by and wish I cooked at my own house. <laughs> <laughs> Shmoey was in the food industry, as you can tell by that answer. Go home and cook your own. <laughs> Do you guys cook at home? You guys uh, like to cook yourselves? I'm learning. I'm not the best. I'm not a good multitasker, so like I'll like forget this is over there, forget this is over there. Alexa's always like, Do your stuff, you forgetting that stuff and that stuff. But I'm trying, getting better. Yeah, always. Like, we, cook, we cook a lot. Not always, but um a lot. Yep. Not great, but getting better. Getting getting, <laughs> getting better <laughs> at the cooking for your You know, hey, it's all practice, you know, and like it's yeah. I find it's re- it's actually hard to make bad food. You know, there's things that taste better than other things. I mean, I feel like a lot about, a lot is like about selection of like good product. You know what I'm saying? And like, then just like, I don't know, you don't have to go too far in on how you cook it. I think simple is best, you know, for me, like I've been on like this scallop and like a risotto that I've been making and it's been Mwah. Scallop Fire. risotto. Scallop. Yeah. Scallop nice. and uh, like a lemon butter risotto. Man, after the, after Ooh. we're done, I'll give you some pro tips on, on scallops and risotto. Oh, shit. Some real some real kitchen pro tips. Hey, if you want to hear these afterwards, too, I'll I'll upload them to the Schmooze Gold page, too. Just ask. We need a Schmooze Gold where he just interviews himself on cooking. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm, tr- I'm honestly <laughs> trying to distance myself a little bit from like that part. Like, I, I'm still like obviously was a cook for a long time in my life, but like. I'm almost trying to distance myself from that part of my existence for some reason. That's good. Well, I mean, because restaurant hours are no fun, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, totally. At 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. And I, I like, you know, I like cooking a lot more now that I don't do it professionally. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like every schmooze gold should come with a meal. <laughs> well, part of the idea eventually will be that, like, we go to video and uh, we go out and eat somewhere. So you maybe you guys can Fuck, be the yeah. first one we take till we go to, like, um, where would you guys want to go? Sparrow. Where? Sparrow. That's how fine, fine Italian cuisine. Sparrow. Are you Sparrow paying? Pizza. Are you going to pay for this? It's Sparrow pizza. No, S-B-A-R. Oh, Sparrow? Sparrow. Sparrow. The rest stop pizza. Fine Italian wow. pizza. So here's, here's, all right. While we're on the subject of rest stop pizza, what do you guys like to eat on the road? Where do you stop? Where do you, like... And like who 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 makes these decisions? Let's do it in reverse. Let me tell them what you get, and yeah. you can try to remember right, what right, I word, get. Word. So as Con- Sparrow, no, 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 just in general at rest stops. Connor Hansel's mission is to find the convenience store area and get beef jerky and um, what kind of nutter beef? butters. Pe- what beef flavor? Jerky. <laughs> what flavor of beef jerky does Connor eat? That. Ah, uh, that varies. It's it not depends crazy. on what they're. It and depends it's not on crazy what they're spicy. I've know. never gotten anything crazy. Like gotten some a sample of something that you got that was crazy spicy. That's Connor's mo before he hits like it's McDonald's true. or McDumpsters. Turkey and butters. Know. Yo, but I yeah. never hit McDumpsters. Even when you guys hit it, dude, I always I know. try. Try no with, fast yeah. food. Yeah. It's no rare. What do you? Yeah, what no. do you? What does Keith eat? I mean, Keith actually does not not too bad. I don't know. When we hit a rest stop, you'll do like murder some Sparrow <laughs> or or like Roy Rogers or something. Just like Roy yeah, Rogers. Complete. That's like I always hit up. I always go like the uh, Starbucks, like coffee and just like simple breakfast sandwich. They, they I try do not them really to get. Well. Yeah, yeah. I try not to get destroyed by being on the road, dude. You know what I mean? Like, gotta eat somewhat. There's a way definitely or, to get destroyed, though. Yeah, I mean, I've done it and I've regretted it. So, <laughs> episode one, John had some heart. John from Tweed had like horror stories about being vegetarian on the road. Oh like, yeah, potatoes for three straight days and stuff. Like, <clears throat> well, no would, thanks. When I was like eighteen, nineteen, I was I was um 
we were touring on a budget, our own personal budget. We were paying for the tour, and I would buy like two dozen cans of like Chef Boyardee for ninety nine cents a can, and I would like put it on literally on the engine as stereotype typical as possible, like at the gas station, then crack the can and eat it. Like Chef Boyardee, like. Just for it's like formaldehyde. It like turns your insides to like hey, plastic. But you're also like way more resilient when you're like fucking yeah. 18 years yeah. old. Like that shit yeah. doesn't phase you. Yeah. If I eat a, if I eat like a double cheese, I used to, you know like get a couple double cheeseburgers from McDonald's yep. every once in a yep. while back in the day. If I eat one now, it's it, it melts me for like a month. Dude, I'm, I'm useless. Agree, I'm, I'm useless to begin with. But like I don't want to talk about it. But it me and my friends, me, will you Uber, know, what? I don't I don't eat a lot of uh, fast food, but when I do eat it, it's like my super hangover craving. Like yeah. that's my go to cure for being mega hungover fucking couple double cheeseburgers oh yeah me and my friends it's like i'm it's like i'm at rock bottom so i might as well just fucking jump in and swim keep going me me and my buddies at the end of a long night of drinking we'll like uber eats like 40 hours worth of mcdonald's (laughs) it's like it's really bad it's 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 bad not good (laughs) rough 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 all right well so if you're listening, uh, thank you for listening. We're going to get away from this for now, this McDonald's talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can talk about it. Um, all right, well, so let's talk about being on the road. Where are you guys' favorite places to play outside of Philly? Yeah, I like the 930 Club for sure. Where's that? Um, yeah. That's um, DC. DC. Yeah. And then, of course, like places that we've hit like multiple numbers at, like Cervantes is, is for sure. Now that we've, we've played both sides at this point a couple times. That's a good spot, and it's just always a convergence of homies that you don't see often. One so. of my favorite venues in the country. So that's a couple for me, for sure. Sorry if I took easy ones for you. No, I'm trying to think, like, what's gonna, what's our favorite venues that we've played, man? Um, I, I like don't know. Any, any hints for me, Keith? What are, I liked when we played that um, DC venue, Songbird, and it flooded, and then we decided to play story. upstairs. Yeah. And we we're like sitting in the bar seats with the patrons, and like <laughs> you were in the DJ booth all the way over, and it was like it was just everyone was just it was bar time, and everyone was just sitting down. They're like, "Wait, there's a fucking." They brought a show to us. They brought a show from upstairs because literally the <laughs> downstairs flooded because of rain. I don't know how that worked. It's but Keith's it did. dream come true. I can play. You can play guitar and stand at the bar at the same time. Yeah, I was sitting next to someone. I jumped in a seat. I sat next to someone on their phone texting, and they looked up and they're like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to pin down. I know it, it's weird to say I can't pin down like a single place for me to play, but yeah. I don't know. Wherever I I you know, I feel like everyone's into it. You know, like yeah. I don't know. Something that comes to mind is like when we played in Michigan with the Floozies, and there were like so many oh, people there. Like, that was, section that Live. was fucking amazing. Yeah, Section Live. Section Live was special. That one sticks out to me. The energy was real. Yeah. Um, Cosm was just the energy was next level. I kicked my shoes off. Yeah, and we were just you know. Cosmos yeah. crazy. I like I like either like shows that are like new places that we get like a really good reaction or just like really down and dirty like I don't know like uh straight up basement shows, yeah. small venues. You know, I still really love to play a smaller venue and just it be packed out. Yeah. And just everybody's enjoying themselves. Yeah. For sure. Well, on that on a, on a not so fun note, you guys can you guys recount the story of your roughest show? It was like one of those nights that make you question why. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an? Are you in agreement on what your roughest show might be, or do you have different? I'm so, say, I'm so fucking positive that I'm trying to spend I know, positive but it's like I feel like we're about to go back to the spot that I'm about to mention, <laughs> which was what? Was it their fault? Was it the venue's fault that it was a bad no, show? No, it wasn't. It was no Space that. Center over Rodas, dude. We played with Marvel Years uh, at yeah, the Pacific, Pacific yeah. Standard. Well, we the venue was so dope. 
And it was, I mean, it was just like a cool ass bar, like in New Haven. That we've played in New Haven a few times. It but was just empty rooms. There was syndrome. nobody there because everybody like, was at Base Center, dude. It got completely empty, overridden. Empty room syndrome is like no matter how good you could have, like uh, you could have the state of the art, most state of the art venue in the world. But like if you're if you're playing for the sound person, like the literal yeah. sound person. Like yeah, that leaves us like kind of hole in your in your uh, in your chest. I can sure. only ima- I can't imagine how that, that must feel. That's not that's no fun. Yeah, I mean uh, other other shows. I mean really, I mean we can't I can't pinpoint it. But any time that a crew like crew is like vacant and not really there, and like sound is off or like stage volumes too loud, stuff like that, where you feel like you're gonna look back on this show when you're deaf and you're like, man, this is the one that made me deaf. Like those are like the ones where you try to try to avoid at all at all costs. You know what though? I mean. They're all just another stepping stone in the in the path yeah, of us, you know. And Keith, Keith always says he says five or five thousand. So yeah, anytime yeah. we're playing like a shitty show, we still bring the energy, you yeah. know. And Keith does, and he amps me up, and w- we might be up there playing for five people, but we still have fun. So. Yeah, but, I mean that's I think that's why you guys are so successful in what you do is that you're you're bringing positive energy. You're always yeah. bringing like hugely hugely positive energy, uh, and and people really vibe with that. You know, everyone. I, it's hard to have a bad time at your show, you know. That's that's a quote. Quote that yeah. one. Yeah. Put that one on the website. Schmool's gold. It's hard to have a bad time at their show. <laughs> well, write it down. Well, so let's talk about your influences. Who's was the the Connor? Was the coolest show you've ever been to? The most memorable. Dang. Concert that made you want to do it. Artist that made you want to do it. Something you saw that were just like, this is a, you know, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen, music wise. I mean. As far as like Wax Future goes, I think I was definitely inspired a lot by seeing like Pretty Lights. I know that's like really cliche, but Homie really just kind of flipped everything on its head a lot and took like sample based hip hop music and made it into electronic music. And that just really inspired me because I could make the connection between like the type of music that I loved and like a popular type of music and, and electronic music. So, um, Definitely like pretty lights and and you know just being up front and at at that show and just being in the moment and just kind of really starting to understand that type of music is probably what influenced me most. And not to tell you guys a story for you, but you guys were on the bus on the way home from a pretty light show when you decided to become a band. Uh, we were in yeah. our, our Jeep. Know. Our homie Jamal was driving his Jeep, and okay. uh, he be- eventually becomes our visual artist uh, from that. And uh, yeah, I mean, Connor, already an engineer, you know, already established engineer, you know, knows the ins and outs, which is science in itself. And it's like, you know, we, uh, you know, he kind of did a little, I guess, sleuthing, found out that Ableton was the go-to, you know what I mean, was what everybody was doing. He's yeah. like, oh, I can, I can fuck with this. And yeah, I was a pro to his guy for a long time. You you were in the uh, Linda tutorials the whole ride home, the 14 hours home, yeah. and then we had a couple sessions, a lot of... Not a couple, a lot of throwaway sessions trying to learn each other's uh, like re- like recording language, writing language, and then you know, a, a, you know, a couple twelve pack sessions of me drinking. And I was like, let's go to the grape room, let's go to the fucking grape room and play some of this shit. And there you go. It's a beautiful start. Uh so here's a question. Keith already knows this question. I told, I asked, he thought this earlier. But if you could start over with any artist and experience the whole learning about them and finding about them all over again, who would it be? Erase Oof. your memory, and then someone will be like, "Hey, check this person Oof. out." Oh, you want to think about it? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's a deep question. Yeah, I mean, for me too. I really haven't decided. I think uh, we can brainstorm, and I can edit it. 
Well, no, I think I think if I had to really, I would love to know what it was like to listen to Graduation by Kanye West for the first time again, because it was like, like holy shit! Not only are, are is the production flawless, but like all the one liners were like, yeah. Yeah, I was just driving and I was just like laughing, just like over all the one liners, like that. The joy of hearing Graduation by Kanye West for the first if time. If I could erase like the last six years of Kanye, I'm well, like, yeah, public, and public that record action, was. You know? I mean, that really was the jump off. That like he was superstardom after that record totally. too. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. I mean, we. I put on. Uh, you can't tell us nothing. Uh, that, or you can't tell me nothing. Track when Yo, we went to the Super Bowl parade. So I like popped the bottle of champagne and put on. You can't. Alexis wasn't even awake yet. I was like, pop, and I put on Kanye West full blast. She's like, oh, I guess we're getting up now. <laughs> Time to go. That was a day. That was yeah, a day and a half right there. Long day. Well, so give the Connor. You're the you're the sample digger. Can you guys? Can you give some pro tips to the up and comers on how to how to curate and how to like get a sound that they really can be proud of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sa- sample work to me is always kind of like I don't know. It's it's a humble art, you know, because you're di- you're digging into something that you're potentially not going to make money from. You know, it's not really a respect. It's kind of like finding, you know, it's kind of like finding a wall as a street artist and and making a mural or making a portrait. You just like do it because you love it. So it's like you got to go into it and just. You know, try and find some stuff that you feel. And uh, my process always starts with just like digging on YouTube. So I dig on YouTube and I find some tracks I like. I rip a whole bunch. And the thing with sample digging is that you're never, you know, every you're never going to strike gold. Sometimes you have sessions where it's like you burn five, six hours and it just, you know, it doesn't work out. So you just got to keep dig in and i always my process is i always start out on facebook and i rip some shit try a few different things you, and if you, i like it and then what i do is if i if the track ends up working out i'll buy the vinyl and then i'll reflip that sample so that's my process is i call it digital crate digging so i'm yeah. kind of like flipping through shit that i have access to you know that um, and, and when I stumble across something that I really love and it works out as a track, I'll buy the vinyl and then I'll just Slightly reflip it again. Slightly more fiscally responsible than going and buying a thousand records. Right, exactly. Right. I mean, there's them. something special about that too. Sure. So don't, I mean, don't rule that out. Something's really special about like just digging through records that you got at the flea market for a dollar each and you find some, some gold, you know, but I've definitely flipped enough samples to know that it takes some digging to really like find some shit that's going to work out so i really like the idea of like being efficient and like just digging through shit on the internet and when you find something that you love and that you know is going to work out then you grab the vinyl and it always just sounds so much better when you take the actual vinyl and then flip that so that's like my go-to process for for sampling well so let's take a listen to uh your track waviators that you uh yeah, there's a lot of a lot of pops and crackles on that one. Pops and crackles. Yeah, some something to note on that track too. I, I made that track after Keith and I played in in Atlanta, and we sat in on just kind of like some late night vibing with the with the dude Daily Bread, and just kind of like watching his process as far as like sampling things down to one shots, like single kick hits, single snare hits. So that whole this whole track, Waviators, like all the the kick and the snare, the hat are all sampled from different vinyls, as well as the lead sample, which is a sample from uh, a meters track. 
Um, and yeah, so all of it, that track is completely crafted out of, out of vinyl samples and collage. Aaron, who usually I recorded his studio, you guys know Aaron, he plays drums in your band sometimes. Zone drums. That boy. That boy. Connor Connor's rolling a joint. <laughs> it's okay. Joe talked about I mean, mushrooms. We can talk you can talk about whatever you want on here. Um Dad smoke weed too, Schmoke. Dad's dad's the best dad smoke weed. I mean my dad <laughs> my dad smokes a little bit of weed, but not when I was little. But you know. Shout out to whoever shout out to whatever amount of weed you smoke. Whoever you are, <laughs> um, what was some really good advice you've been given, either musically or not? You want to like like lay some advice on our on the listeners, just life advice, music advice, being human advice. Um, my homie Corey told me, you know, with it wasn't really musical advice, but it was just about like growing and progressing. He said, that, like you could look five miles ahead and try to make your life like what it looks like five miles ahead, or you could look and try to make it two steps ahead of you. And if you looked every day two steps ahead of you, you could find yourself after a week being, you know, ten steps ahead of where you were. But if you were just rent looking in, you know, into the distance at this insurmountable task of getting that far, you uh, you'll get frustrated. And I think about that with the music industry. I think that like I don't I don't look at success as this black and white idea as much as I look at reveling in every little success that we have because that just refills my, my tank and just and it gives me goosebumps and it makes me fucking tear up and it makes me, you know, rant on Facebook to you know and like message my friends and tell them I love them, you know, because I just Multiple get Multiple so, times a week. Yeah, I just yeah. get How so, many times does he tell you he loves you on Facebook every week? Uh, frequently. <laughs> well I got a lot of time to tell him in person. That's, but out of you true. I don't so I'll I'll message I, I you. I probably get three or four a week and I like more since I started the podcast and yeah. I, I like I appreciate it every time I really do. So if you're reveling in all like the minor the small steps that you're taking you're not you're not looking at what you don't have which is this this herculean goal that's five miles ahead so yeah that's that's i give anyone that's starting out that advice like do not look at somebody that spent 10 years of their lives trying to get somewhere and think that that is your goal your goal is to really just get wrapped up in every single victory and that's literally worth to me worth its weight in gold and it keeps me from getting in the negative weeds of you know that's the five that's the five and five or five thousand yeah yeah yeah, it gets you out of the weeds of just of the negativity so, Connor, that's you my some, doubts. You got some solid advice to lay on the fans? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I go with something that, that Keith taught me, you know, and it wasn't like something that was spoken between us, but it was more just like something that I learned that I don't think I did. You know, I've been a musician for a long time and and a songwriter for a long time. And something that I think that I missed early on in my career was just really not getting involved with a scene and just, you know, 
going out and seeing shows uh, from people who are, you know, in that scene and becoming a part of it, you know, and that was something that I, w- I missed a lot. And I don't think that as an independent musician, it, you're going to make it without that. You know what I mean? You really need to support the community and the community will support you. And that's just something that's very genuine, you know? And I think that Keith and, and Wax Future has uh, always, at the core of it, has always been like, we love music, we love to make music, we love to see people enjoying our music, and people like to see you enjoying their music when they look out too. So, you know, just yeah. go out there and support the community, and they'll support you. Totally. Yeah. And you guys have built a great, you got like, the Wax Mob has been known to bully you guys onto bills and yeah. stuff, you know. We try to keep it as I think it's been a little bit of, it's been too long. What, what what can we get you guys on in the near future? What can the mob well, I mean, push I think, you, what bill can we push you guys onto next? I think it started like that, like, you know, like Pit The torches. nicest group of hooligans I know, the Wax Mob. <laughs> very polite, very polite. It did start out like Torches and Pitchforks, and I mean, that's what pushed us. And I think now there's a lot of inertia. So, like, you guys can take breaks and don't have to get out of Pitchforks because, like, you, there's a wave, you know, and a wave you get pushed by. It and I feel like we're getting we're getting some love, which is so hard to, like, understand. You look at everything with squinted eyes like, are you, are you sure? Do you really? Do you fuck with us for real? But, yeah, it all starts with that Torches and Pitchforks and it comes from creating communities. And um, mm-hmm. I think that as far as, like, we, any step, any further step that we get as Wax Future, our job is to pull anyone that we care about or cares about us with us. I think any artist, like, you, pl- you, you want as many of your peers with you every step that you go because you know that motherfucker's going to keep you honest making dope shit. So when you look right and left and you know everyone, they're putting out shit, you're like, damn, I got to level up because they're rare. So you bring everybody with you. Anyone that gets further needs to just bring their homies with them so it keeps that community moving along together. It's like a traveling party. You know? that, that's why you sit in with everyone everywhere that's why i sit in with everyone oh, because they'll have me too you know? <laughs> anyone who will take keith <laughs> now accepting sit-ins well on the, on the on the you know on the advice and like being you know advising people connor you're a dad now you got two kids two cool kids you got a little finn and yep. the new one is juniper juniper Baby a little girl. bug yeah yep bug. yep uh well so how, how's finn he's a cool kid he seems like a cool kid no oh, he's amazing he's, he's just kind of beat me up with his sword witnessing earlier. the evolution of of him just getting smarter and starting now he's manipulating me as a father <laughs> yeah, I saw that cutting, deals, cutting deals with me trying to stay up late the and bedtime watch conversation was hilarious it's pretty amazing um yeah you know I, and i always i'm sure we'll get into this a little bit but everybody's always kind of like you know the balance of being a musician and being a dad but it truly is beautiful having music be a part of our life as a family. So. Totally. How many sets has he seen? Do you know how many se- how many Wax Feature sets um, he's been to at this point? So he's seen two. You know, there's not a lot of like kid friendly shows yet, and yeah. and he's finally at the point this year where he really gets it. And he loves to dance and like hear music. So Sensorium was so awesome with him this year. We had such a good time. He was really stoked on the Fire Spinners. Shout out to the homie Cat. He wanted to get on my shoulders and just watch the fire spinners. That's awesome. So it was an awesome experience, and I'm I'm looking forward to more. I can't imagine seeing fire spinners at that age. That must be the wildest thing. Like, yeah, it was like it was like mind blown. They're like, uh, he's like, they're carrying the thing that cooks the food. (laughs) Does he does he play an instrument at this point, or is he kind of? Um, No, yeah, he's 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 dabbling. Would you want to? Do you have like an idea of what you like? Because my my dad played clarinet, and like he like. Pushed mm-hmm. me into playing trombone. Like maybe it was my choice, maybe it wasn't. I don't remember. You, you know, it depends who you ask at this point. Yeah. But like, 
Do you have any like? What would you think? He, what do you think he's gonna be? What do you? Where do you? For think sure. He's I mean, go with that? I always wanted to be a choice for him. You know, that was kind of how my parents were. They were just really into music, and they, um, you know, just kind of showed me a lot of music that I loved, and it inspired me and my brother to be musicians. And kind of find our own way, you know, and I think really being a musician is a slow process. You know, you hear a lot about a lot of kids who are like savants and they just like pick up, you know, like, you know, they start playing a keyboard and they're, you know, writing whole symphonies. But it's it's really a slow process for the majority of people and kids. And it should be fun. You know what I mean? So I don't ever want it to feel like, hey, you should do this. You know, I want him to just do his thing and. If his thing is like making electronic music and cutting up samples, or if he wants to play Just as the long keys, as it's not he can. Country music, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would if it were good country music, I would uh, I would inspire it. You know, uh, so yeah. I mean, it's all about kind of what he wants to do. But I already see it like it's in him. He's so stoked to like. I, sometimes I'll like baby proof the studio and just let him like bang around on some drum pads. He loves it, and you know, or like I give him the djembe, and you know, it's I can already tell there's music, music in the in that boy's heart. <laughs> he's got the he's got rhythm. Yeah, that's great for sure. That's awesome. And Keith, like I know your dad's a big influence on your whole music career. Uh, we were talk, we, we've talked about it a bunch. I've met him in a couple of your shows. He's always beaming. He is the proudest dad at shows when you're on stage. It's real cute. Yeah. Can you tell us about some of your like, like you know how how that helped you and how that influenced you and where how you know. Shout out your dad a little bit. You, you yeah. Know. Well, it's funny because it was great point. Guess up, pops, man. Guess yeah. him up. Well, it's funny how you said like the the choice factor was given to you and, and Graham. Like I um I didn't per se at early early points have a choice. I showed talent, and my old man had me in front of a computer in front of a metronome trying to teach me pentatonic scales, and I turned away from it, and he let me, which was the coolest thing ever. He let me walk away from the guitar. And I found but you my came back. I found my way that's back how, to it. That's how the road always is, though. Exactly. You know? I found my way back to it because a homie taught me how to read tablature, which was my quickest way to learn songs on the radio. I, I didn't want to learn at the, at the, my in my youth. I didn't want to learn like the moody blues and stuff, which I fucking did later. I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> but at first, I didn't. I learned a bunch of Black Sabbath tunes, a bunch of Metallica tunes via tablature, and it was game over. I was back, and then he you know taught me you know resumed lessons, and then hit me you know hit me to a hit one of his mentors. That like kept me kept me going and keep playing. So and, and it really kind of tossed the baton to like self ta- self taught nature. And I did a lot of googling, a lot of YouTube, and, and learned a lot. And uh, yeah, he let me kind of scope my whole life around music, and never once was like, you know, that's a dumb idea. You're insane. Like he he always believed in the, my ability to play the guitar. And I mean, he he gets to enjoy it now because he sees a bunch of people lose their minds, and he always comments. He's like, I walk around and. You know, people say how much they they love your guitar playing, and I just nod because I knew, you know, in nineteen, you know, ninety eight or two thousand one that you know you were capable of this. So it was kind of for him. It's like the long con. He knew that it was going to happen. You know, it was. And he, now you're getting, the one who got played. Yeah. So now he's getting like validation on it. So and and it's cool and it makes him really happy. And, and Westchester, when I gave him the guitar, that was like something. Top I mean, five wax future moment. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a, that was like, a real. That, that was a I, show. No, that was a good one. No rehearsal on Shout that. out Sprout. Shout out Sprout for sure. That'll something. It's one of those things you'll never forget, you know. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be sitting here having this interview if it wasn't for him just pushing. And you're not pushing, but like, you know, I believe in you. Do whatever the fuck you want with your life. If it's music, then just go, you know. So, also, side note, Connor's brother, incredible guitar player, by the oh, way. Yeah. Incredible yep. guitar player. Shout out to that man. He's you guys got to get up there and do some dueling guitars someday. It's definitely something it's, that has to happen. Needs to be 
It needs to be a thing. Graham, if you're out there listening, this is your calling. <laughs> yeah, right? Show up. Show up, kid. Well, so on that note, on like the technical guitar stuff, I really like this new track that you guys did with Jesse. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll play it in a second, but let's talk about let's talk about the summer dance for a minute. How was how was summer dance? It was awesome, man. Um Connor had been to Nelson's ledges before and he told me kind of how you know, it's a lake. There's cliff diving. There's you know, you can scuba if you want. Like it's a, you can scuba small. there. Yeah, there was Wait, scuba. There was what? lake lake scuba Whoa. diving. Yeah. Damn, I don't like water. So yeah, well, I'm like, I'll, sit, I'll sit in the water. Water slaps. I don't like water where I can't see my feet or I'll float. I don't do that. Yeah, I actually <laughs> swam out to the middle and I was like, "Wait, I can't feel the bottom." I was like, "What's down there?" Yeah, that's <laughs> low key that's shook. What does not do it for me. Low key shook. But yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was a, it was a, a nice small community of like diehard Lotus fans, and you know. I'm like I'm kind of in that you know bracket. I mean I'm a huge fan of that of them, and to get like three sets was huge. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Kick it with them, and um, and you know get to play with Jesse was huge. You know and celebrate that record that we you know the EP we put together. So. It's great. That sure, like some of my favorite. As a fan of Lotus myself, like it's it's cool to hear you guys' sound meld into the Lotus. Can you hear like, that? Yeah. It's where, totally there. You can it's hear right where there. the Lotus influence <laughs> and the wax like begins and ends. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, on, on summer dance, I don't know. It, it was really dope. I mean, the vibes of Nelson ledges is next level. And, uh, I don't, I saw two Lotus sets and they were fucking fired. Yeah. That's just the spot, the energy. And it's just such a nice spot nice venue and uh, i felt the energy man i i i'd like to go eventually it's definitely i i've I've it's one of those venues that you never hear really bad things about yeah you know it's like no the hospitality was really good they were super welcoming from jump they took care of us the whole time i think we got like welcome with open arms by you know the lotus cats too yeah i'm just so excited to further that venture and go on tour with them yeah oh yeah well so let's talk about that too you guys just announced five dates with lotus eight 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 excuse me Two double short, dates. Shortcutting you yeah. guys. Wow. Two two-nighters. Our first wow. set of two-night runs, which is good because, yeah. like, I mean, we don't have, a like, a fuck ton of music, but we got enough. We have enough music where when we play a 45 to an even an hour and a half set, there's, like, some, like, feelings of pangs of, like, man, I wish we could have played this. So to play, like, two 45ers or two hours, like, we're going to be able to really, like, play, you know, give And then you get to get to that point where, like, you have those upset fans who are like, they didn't play the song I wanted to hear that night. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet, but I would but honestly you get, feel a little, I would feel a little people. honored if yeah, that actually exactly. happened. <laughs> well, you get to tell people you have to come tomorrow if you want to hear yeah, that song. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. We did have, when we announced the Lotus Dates, our, like, our first batch of why isn't this in, why isn't this yeah. here? And I was like, and I just realized because I've seen artists like complain about that like hey please when we announce a tour don't say I wish you were here but like I can feel the pang of like me too like whenever when anyone says like they're like I wish you were here like me too man please like yeah I totally agree mm-hmm mm-hmm but uh, we're super excited. We're super yeah. excited for that run. We got a couple months to get everything tightened up and That's gonna get be this new music. Dreams ready. coming true, right yeah, there. Yeah, straight like, up, straight up. Super proud of you guys. So let's check this track out. Unless, well, I was gonna say when we got there, confirm. I like, I choked on my like. I was like, I was breathing in. I was like, <laughs> I like, I coughed. I was like, when I read it, I was I, so kind of taken aback. That's awesome. It. That's. I mean, you gotta have those. That's what this. That's what this is all about. Like, yeah, you, you want yeah. Every time, sometimes when I look at the stats for the podcast these days, even though they're not that like they're not insane yet, but like. You know, like in the first couple of days of the first podcast, were four hundred listens, and I was blow. I was, yeah, you know, choking on my, you know. Yeah, it's because you take in every little small victory, every and then you're victory. It, everything's a, everything's. I the mean, best. for yeah. us, is you know, is never about 
uh, making bread or getting major plays. It's just about people listening and enjoying it, you know, and just to know, kind of like look at those stats like that and know that people are, are listening. It It's, you know, that's like validation as an artist. Yeah. Well, I hope one day you guys you know? make major bread too. Cause, Cause, that'd be tight. Well, we I mean, all, it'd be dope, man. It'd be dope to be a full time dad, full time music, uh, full time musician. You know that. Well, that's because we know we're going to invest it all back into it. That's you the, know we always think about what if we dream, can invest dude. all that's of our time dream. back into it. Like, because we you know, know we'd authentically do that. You know what though? If it doesn't happen, it's all good. I mean, we're not in here to fucking. You know, we obviously that's a goal for us is to be full time musicians and make a lot of bread being musicians, but. If it doesn't happen, we're just out here making music and music for music. And people, and the fact that people actually listen to our music is it's amazing. Yeah, know? I still can't figure that part out. No, you listen to our music. What? <laughs> you like me? <laughs> well, on that note, on that note, let's listen to uh, the new Beard of Bees and Wax Future track called Invention. been passed down really for a long level of Hansel's bro so I'm gonna roll you the perfect joint look right at that now. he's got the he's got the flow and everything yeah he does Connor not only makes I'm fire beer. beats but goddamn, you know it's a it's an art craft man it's a craft Connor just rolled the prettiest joint hello it's very nice very nice joint so part of the goal of this podcast right is to kind of demystify you guys as artists I think a lot of people see you on stage and kind of assume that like you know they, they, like there's not i don't think people really worship i don't know that people really worship you guys yet but like absolutely not uh, <laughs> you know what i mean but like you kind of that the, the, you're kind of very one track to that well, you know, that the, the you're keith who's from wax future and you make you play really good guitar but they don't know anything else about your existence well that's great can i can i speak to that just for a second go for it that is the bane of the, the in music industry because they people want you in a very accessible fashion. They want to make sure they see, you know, that's the social media age. They want to see the most, like, bite-sized, positive reflection of how you're living your life. And, like, that translates into promoting your brand and promoting yourself as a musician. So it, it becomes almost in itself a toxic positivity loop, you know. So you have to have these moments, you know, to break away from just, like, Life's good, so happy to be here, and kind of just bust it up and just, you know, really just, you know, either be frustrated about something or, you know, real about something. So, so yeah, I mean, taking time to have discussions is great, you know, and like, and just being real, you know, because in, in this game, just even in social media or anything, it, it, it really gets very formulaic, very Truman Show-esque, 
you know, where it's like it's got to be people. I don't see it. Everything's always great with you guys. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You know, <laughs> it's like no. Me and Connor freaking in the studio. We like work through it. You know, we're human beings. Like it's not always like this is a banger. You know, sometimes we'll leave a session and be like, what the hell did we just do for four hours? You know what I mean? So people, you have to understand. It brings me back to skateboarding. Like you, uh, skateboarding videos, you would only see when they landed the trick. But that you, they didn't tell you they were at the freaking session for twelve hours yeah. with and like multiple, burning multiple burning days. sunlight, you know, trying to get it right. So that's my little rant about you know this and why this what you're doing is so popular. Why I was so hyped that you were launching this project because it's well. It so what I I did want to just kind of ask like some sort of just like regular base questions about you guys as as people outside of the music. You know what I mean? Like, like what's your favorite movie? What's your well, like literally? What's your favorite movie? Oh, Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a winner. Yeah, big time. Big time. Can you do the whole? Can you do the speech? I uh, I mean I could at one point. We actually sampled it tw- on Fourth of July twice. Now we did it yonder. Yeah, we, did. we did it at a festival called Pyrolytics. Yeah, it was my dream to sample that in some format. One of the best presidential speeches. Fi- fact or fiction? One of the He's best. He's my second favorite fictional president besides the guy from Charlie. Uh, what's his name from The West Wing? Yeah, my first favorite fictional president. I've been watching a show, Designated Survivor, and it's Kiefer Sutherland, it's Jack Bauer as the president, <laughs> and somehow he gets himself in and out of trials and tribulations like that. It's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Really good. Everyone, everyone else dies, right? Like he's suddenly the president. Yep, straight up. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, he's the guy. He's a dead. Apparently, in the government, there's a designated survivor. They like stash you off somewhere. And they don't put. They can't put all of them in one yeah, place. It's so like Jack Bauer. Do that. Just like left like movies and just went into fucking making TV shows. Yeah, and smashed it, Dude. <laughs> it's like the opposite direction most people right, want to go. Right, exactly. Know? What's your favorite movie, Connor? You got a favorite? Oof. How many times have you heard Baby Shark this week having a child? Uh, a lot. I mean, I mean, it's still it's still appealing to me, though. When he sings like Daddy Shark, Mommy Shark, Nanny Shark, it's still... Are still you, a, still can, we, can we expect a Wax Future de- Baby Shark remix at some point? I'd flip the nope. fuck out of that. I, 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 tried to sh- I tried to show my kid like the Jaws remix, and he was he was out on it. Well, the Jaws <laughs> remix was like a tech, like quick tech. It was just like a, like, yeah. it was like a quick like crowd banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's someone like someone needs to flip that shit right on its head, though. I think I think Baby Shark is an American classic. Uh, our our grandparents will be singing, you know, as grandparents. I'm sure. I read an article that that um, to deter homeless, terrible, right? Um, to deter homeless, they play songs like Baby Shark and like Friday from Rebecca Black around home, places where homeless people gather, oh, so they make sure we're the worst, man. We, we are the we are, we, we engineer terrible ways to be awful to make sure people can't sleep <laughs> in some enclosed area. How bad is that? That's awful. That's terrible. That's. <laughs> <laughs> derailed the entire podcast. Oh, now I'm, now I'm sad, Keith. Thanks. <laughs> We're going to edit that out. <laughs> that's, that's super going in the bin. That's going super in the podcast, actually. We it's can pretty just make fucked fun up, of, Keith. Real fucked up, man. Hey, man, let's shine a light on it. Like they do all the homeless people trying to sleep <laughs> on the street? Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, I, just like because I served of, up the, the shot. End, the, the end of the night, the show's over. They're just trying to clear everybody from the venue. They just bang out fucking Baby Shark and everybody <laughs> for like on repeat. Well, that was what I did at Sensorium. I was like, you can't go home, or you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Jesse was like, oh, okay, so you're like this all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <He> was- <laughs> 
Fourth quarter. Isn't it funny when people Keith find out that you were like your first quarter, Keith? <laughs> hey, I'm consistent. I did not achieve my goal that day. My goal was to get Keith too drunk to play you the wax He was like, I'm going to get you so fucked up that you can't play. I was like, mm, I don't know about that one. I just wanted to see if he would like. I'd have fixed it. I'd have fixed it. I'd have fixed it. There's always a way out of that hole. <laughs> Oh man, you guys have any funny road stories? Like crazy shit that's happened at a show? What's the craziest thing the fans have done? Like uh, um, unruly management, unruly sound guys, like some some wa- tales from the do, tape. Do we have any cool stories like that? I, I remember know. at Yonderville that was it was the the when the monitors were so loud and I literally they just went, kept going up. Yeah, and I went to the booth where the sound guy was. I got his rolly chair and I was just rolling around oh, the stage because the monitor guy left his. <laughs> and so that was like my view to the state, like to the people in front of the house. Like your guy's not here, so I'm in his chair rolling and I was just rolling around the stage. Like please, someone come turn these monitors down because they're destroying our ears. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I um. No, I mean, we've been, everything's been relatively normal. I mean, the only thing that'd be really weird is if we went to a rest stop and Connor came out with, you know, Rue Rogers chicken fingers, maybe, <laughs> instead of uh, beef jerky. They're fire. It's never going to happen. They're super fire. Ever. Unless I'm like, mega hungover, but still. On the way home from Not Summer Dance, we stopped at Roy Rogers, and it was the worst Roy Rogers I've ever seen, ever. Is Roy Rogers ever a good idea, though? All, Let's be all, honest. Can, we, can I ask a serious question? Have you ever seen a Roy Rogers not... On yeah, a highway? Rest, yeah, right. On a, on a rest I've up. never seen Negative. a... Br- we'll call him Brick and Mortar Rick and Morty Rogers. We'll call him Brick and Mortar. Brick and Morty. Brick and Mortar Rick and Morty Rogers. No, but we, I haven't seen one. That was a terrible Morty impression. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was... Dude, was that a... You just, you just self-bopped explaining I that that was a Rick and Morty impression. All right, well, that's the beauty of being able to edit my own podcast. Oh, great. Yeah, exactly, dude. Real edit hours. Morty's mind blowers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do a better. One. Oh, I don't know, Rick. Ah, uh, it's better. Oh, Roy Rogers, Rick. I don't know. Kyoto does a really good Rick and Morty. Kyoto is one of the funniest people I think I've ever interacted with. When I met him, he was wearing a tutu at fucking Farm Fest, running around yelling at everyone. It was the best. <laughs> no, I, well, not when I met him. I ran into him at, at Farm Fest. We met him at Midsummer Night's Dream. That's the homie, man. So another question I really like to ask, to kind of switch directions, is. You have some out of genre recommendations for like you guys make music in this like electro funk dancey PL for like you know like just as a whatever what what outside of your genre can you recommend to the fans? So much. So I mean, yeah, much. like uh, <laughs> go ahead, let's put, go, it, on, go let's nuts. put it under a more finer umbrella. Because we only have a certain amount of time. Like, are you saying electronic like, music? Give us outside, a genre here outside no, just, of electronic music. Outside everything. of your outside of the Wax Future scope. But still bass heavy? No. Okay. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Um. You want me to go? Okay. Okay. We'll go genre specific here. You know, I mean, pick one. Pick one. You know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've been on the Paris Monster newest record. Uh, I mean, I honestly haven't listened to them that much, and then I saw that they were on the bill with us at Summerdance, and it's fucking heat. It it's uh, you know as far like for for me coming to Wax Future I I um, you know played in a, a band as a frontman and a singer and like I always draw back to those roots of like just kind of like really well written lyrics and I think that they 
in the past couple of weeks, I've really been into that. The new Bonnie Vare record, I'm loving. You know, I feel like it really is a fall record. Seconded. Um, seconded. Se- seconded. I feel like they kind of, Bonnie Vare definitely goes against the grain of like being like, this is how you should write a song type of thing, which I, I it ends up being like, I, at first I'm like, Ugh. and then I listen to the record a couple of times and it's just becomes like, I really feel like they're, so good at capturing like nostalgia yeah he, and, he you know? breaks all conventions from the first yeah. time i've ever heard him it was like he's like all right i'm gonna write like a whole verse where i'm just smacking a double kick pedal and like having an open chord on, a, on an acoustic like he breaks every convention with how you how and then like there's some sample work in there and it's just some like, modular oh, too it's just when like a blender of like a bunch of genres and just like really captures a feeling I think that's something that we draw back to and are influenced by by so every genre is like songwriting. Yeah. Oh, we, which is a rarity for a lot of electronic musicians. You know, it's kind of always about like the energy of like a build and a drop. And I think that we do really come back to like making sure that we're writing a story stories. on a lot of our kind of like lower key tracks you that are bangers. Tell the you know, musicians who are like really trained in music versus the <laughs> I'm gonna start over just for just for the people who keep track at home Shmuley's been telling Cut. me to get on the microphone Cut. the entire time so I just told him to lean in a little more to make sure that he was leaning in alright I'm gonna start over with that you can definitely tell the, the musicians who are like trained and like who's making music and who's making hype you know with a lot of time, and sometimes yeah. I just want some hype. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not the yeah. worst thing in the world. I mean, we're not. I mean, sometimes. I mean, we're always trying to capture a vibe, and sometimes the vibe is like forget everything you know and just fucking have a good time and dance. You forget know, everything like, you those... know about slip covers. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Mitch Hedberg, and then they try to sell me slip <laughs> covers. You... <laughs> you never really saw that. Fuck is a slip cover, Keith. That's what I'm saying. He what told is... you to forget everything what you know about it? slip covers. Is... Yeah. Sounds like is a slip cover. I don't know. Condom? Bed? Yes. God damn it. You your guys, bed? culture. It's Get like your culture together. Condom. Listen it's to Mitch Hedberg. Well, Keith, can you explain what a slip cover is to can us? Can you explain what a Mitch yeah. Hedberg is? <laughs> <laughs> so how I, many takes have I derailed there? Everybody sips their beer awkwardly. You're like the you're like the, the silent caption. Yeah, while we're on the subject of blowing people up, Keith is like, I'm gonna derail the fuck out of this podcast tonight. And I've been waiting for like the one Keith like coming from the sideline, twelfth man tackle. No, here you go. It's, it's real. gonna take a couple more beers, and nah, then Keith's on a fucking tear. We're good. We're good. We're Keith's, good. Keith is Everybody reel it in. Everybody reel it in. Reel it in. Reel it. Be real. So we were talking about. Um, oh, genre. we're all we're off that now. Now we're, we we're so off you that. killed it. You killed it, Keith. Dead. Sorry, right, uh, sorry. I don't have more questions. Podcast over. JK, <laughs> 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 Keith, lay some lay some out of genre recommendations on us. Some out of genre. I just want to make sure that everyone listens to. I pronounce it Fela, but it's Fela. Uh, it's P H A E L E H, and Second it is bit. must must listen material. Um, he's one of the best at creating melodies in space and with low end, and I will uh, ride for that dude. You know, what I mean, I'll rep that shit. You know, every time I go to a <clears> festival, <throat> open my car doors, bump that shit. That's just the feel good stuff. So, oh, you're that guy in the lot at the festival, like yeah. playing music in your shitty Hyundai. Yes, sick. Wait, wait, wait. Let me talk. Let me uh, send out a few like hip hop recommendations, producers. Yeah, go ahead. I- I'm always, you know. 
digging I'd in. I'd like to note that Connor has now adjusted his hat. So side note. It's, it's been side noted. It's, but it's, it's, it's going back. It's going it's, back. Go. It was facing forward this whole time. And then he said, let me drop some hip hop recommendations. Uh, let me drop and some. And it went, I'm not really sure. That must be what 130 degrees backwards. Like not, not, not all the way back, <laughs> but about, about right. three quarters of the way to the back from the front. <laughs> it's got to get like the proper tilt though. Proper tilt. Uh, ninth wonder. Always on that shit. Always releasing records. That's a classic hip-hop sample music. Uh, Apollo Brown is killing it. Um, uh, Cather released not only solo uh, hip-hop records, instrumentals, but also uh, some records with Locksmith um, and a bunch of other hip-hop artists, but stays killing it, and the production value is next level. And... uh, <clears throat> who else do we have in in the hip hop genre that's killing it as far as like hip hop producers? Marco Polo is always on some shit. Marco, the homie Alchemist, really? always on some shit. Um, that's that's what I got. That's what I got. We're gonna edit that that's, out. This is Connor. Connor's right? This is Connor's hip hip hop recommendation. Connor's but straight up, my, my default as far as like music goes is just nonstop. Uh, like just sample based hip hop artists that just really are digging through crates, man. And those are like my go to listens day to day for sure. Yeah, hell yeah. Thanks. You are now listening to Talib Kweli and High Tech Music. Oh, shit. <laughs> Please edit that out. Yeah, edit it out. Terrible. Edit the whole hip hop thing out. Edit, yeah. edit the whole edit thing out. Let's see this all again. Let's see this all again. Edit Start it the out. whole podcast. It, it, it is weaved again. into the fabric of what Wax Future is. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, boom bap, boom bap, baby. Heavy boom bap. I love it. For really sure. love boom bap. All right, well, let's. We're, we're going to wrap it up here soon. But how was what was the first concert you ever went to that you remember? Not yeah. like something your parents dragged you out to, but like you know something. You no, really but true to story. To. It's a concert my parents dragged me out to. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and I saw I saw him at the Man Center when I was like ten years old. Nice. And uh, still I, to this day, I remember it more than any show that I uh, seen, saw when I was that young. And I just remember Graham Nash had fucking no shoes on, and they had like the just carpets down over all the wires and every, and he was just fucking I love that rocking book. around r- rocking around in no fucking shoes and I was just like man it's amazing it's amazing just seeing like somebody up there just fucking doing what they do kicking their shoes off I kicked my shoes off at Summer Dance. Yeah, and man. You saw it. Like, you we, did it, too. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, we you, get to do that now. Yeah, absolutely. And I love back that, that look with the jam bands, though, that they all have, like, their own carpet that they stand on. That's such a cool... Like, you guys should probably... Keith needs, like... I want uh, AstroTurf. So, like, we, uh, we, like, cheaper than a lot of really nice carpets. We've got an issue with, have. like, not remembering our uh, keyboard stands. So, remembering our own carpets, I think, is, like, a... <laughs> and our own like shoes. What if I leave the show? forgot his shoes on stage. go back on stage during the headliner to grab your shoes. do you guys have an extra pair of shoes, Keith? could use you, for our set you, you can put it on your extra pair of you shoes. can put it on your on your ride <laughs> in case keith loses his shoes there needs to be some flip-flops in the green room it was cool because you went second talking about i've your never favorite seen show. keith I wear a pair of flip-flops by the way nah flip-flops keith wears fucking boots in the summer boots in the summer yeah i remember when i answered that question and you answered it second so i don't, I don't want to answer the first question <laughs> I won tickets to see Taproot in concert and took my girlfriend when I was 15 years old. Damn. My, brother's, my brother dropped me off 
and picked us up, dropped us off and picked us up. And I felt like I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to a show and I'm out and about, you know, and like, but like. I was getting ripped on for my brother as I was getting dropped off and picked up. You know what I mean? But it's like fucking taproot. Yeah. It was he just making fun of you for seeing taproot. Well, no, because he loved he loved like the nineties, like two that early two thousands, like hip hop or uh, like POD dude. Yeah, so on the on the first show being at the man, my parents took me to the show. They didn't tell me where we were going. I was real young. They put me in the car, and I was like. I was like not. I'm like we're driving towards the city, and I'm like getting annoyed. I'm like they're like we're it's a surprise, it's a surprise, and I'm like. I'm sick of this shit. Like, tell me where the fuck we're going. And my mom's like, fuck it, fine. And she hands me these tickets, and it's for Cake, The Flaming Lips, and Modest Mouse all in one night at the Damn, main. that's a it hell was of a so bill right there. Ridiculous. I would go to that show now. I would go to that show in a hot in one <laughs> Yo, second now. Yeah, Yo, cake, and like, cake kills it. Modest, yeah, I remember Modest Mouse was cool. Cake was obviously... Cake's probably my favorite band from growing up. Shout out my mom for having an excellent taste I'd in music. I'd still go see a Cake show, man. Oh, for Dude, sure. I was listening for to Cake sure, the other sure. day. Arco I, Arena is such a fucking cool... I love Fashion Nugget, like that yeah. era of Cake. Yeah. I was, that's off Comfort Eagle. <laughs> yeah, Comfort, Eagle. Like, oh, yeah. Comfort Eagle's really one of the best. And then I'm pretty sure my parents... My mom still has all of my Cake CDs, actually, somewhere. I'm probably going to steal them from her. Wait, um, so you guys totally but win then I, first concert But territory. then I don't... I But I, I don't... I remember, like, watching The Flaming Lips, and they're playing, like, Do You Realize? And, like, uh, What's Your Name in the Machine, whatever, or Versus the Robots. And there's this visual, this repetitive visual of this naked hippie with a giant bush throwing a Frisbee. And it's literally just, like, a two-second loop of, like, her winding up, throwing the Frisbee, butt naked. And, and you got like, a boner. And I was like, this is... <laughs> I was like, Ma, this is awkward. We gotta leave. <laughs> Wayne coin, Wayne coin, a hamster ball, and like, uh, and like the dudes in the bunny suits. I was there with my mom and my dad. It was really awkward. It was, it was definitely one of those like, I don't know how to act in this situation kind of moments. Amazing. I definitely remember like the guys near us were smoking a joint, and like, I was like, they're smoking weed. We gotta leave. Young Sam was a total square. Young Schools, square, square, square. All right, guys. Well, You've that was come really so fun. Far. You've come so yeah, far. Thank God. Connie with the fucking <laughs> nuclear button on the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. He's like, he, took, he took who two hits that joint. Don't edit that just, out. Don't yeah. edit no, it out. No, not, not at all. Not, I won't. That was spectacular. I was not editing any of this. This is this is banter. Oh, there was well, a lot of shit. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not this part. This part now. This is the end of the show banter. It's the best part oh, of the show. Oh, end of the show banter is great. You can edit out all Keith's fart sounds, right? Yeah, Keith's I been, didn't fart once for Just so everyone knows, Keith has been farting loudly this entire podcast, but I have edited them all out. That's fake ass news. Man, you wanted like a new diet or something? Man, you haven't <laughs> farted for like three hours. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's called not drinking five times a week. Uh huh. You're drinking right now, Keith. So farts are on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Crosby Stills and Nash song? <laughs> <laughs> farts on the horizon. <laughs> it's a double record, bro. <laughs> uh, all right, so that was fun, guys. Yeah, you guys. Thanks for being on. It's been really fun. A lot of fun, a lot of like, fun. Like I said, you guys yep. were part of the first list of people that I wanted to interview, and like, I'm really happy we did this. Farts on the Horizon, new EP Ooh, coming sorry. out soon. Well, I mean, Farts on the Horizon, new Keith solo project. Stop it. He literally just samples his farts and makes 140. <laughs> <laughs> deep dub, deep farts. 
I mean, when you told me that you were doing this, if you, if, <coughs> the worst thing anyone that's a procrastinator can do is tell me they're going to do something in the future because I'll just hold them to it and like message them at, like weekly, you know, set like reminders in my calendar. You like, definitely yeah. were top, help with the push. Yeah. So I'm glad we could be here and do this. This is good. I love the format and we had, I had a blast. Felt like just a conversation. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's fun hanging. I like hanging with you guys in normal. I like hanging out with you guys in the microphone. Can in front you of just us. come sit on our studio sessions? For <laughs> sure. Yeah, I like it as long as Keith will drive me to and from. You know. All right, so let's fade out with this song, Source Code. It's the title track from your last EP. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Cut. Done.